0: How many of you get discouraged today? How many of you read the headlines or look at the news on Facebook or your social media feed, run across it on YouTube or a headline, let alone those who actually listen to mainstream media on a television? It will drive you crazy and make you so disheartened. And so depressed. It was such anxiety. I, it does me on a daily basis. I rant and rave within myself. I'll rant and rave to my wife. I'll rant and rave to whoever listen about the futility and the stupidity of these reptilians, these sons of Belial, these satanic forces that oppress us. And on a daily basis, I feel oppressed spiritually and emotionally oppressed. And sometimes I, I do, I I look at our God and I look at our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say, are you ever going to end this nonsense? Are you ever coming back? Is this, is this just the way it's going to be until we We pass this probation period and all these troubles and tribulations and trials we go through life. And then we die. And at the end, you say, well done, my good and faithful servant, without ever having a clue what we were supposed to do or what, what was going on down here. And sometimes I get perplexed a lot. And then I'll read across a scripture that just totally reverses everything. And it, it just, and it makes you, it just makes you grab it and say, if this is so, then this is so, and this is how it is. And this is how I am to be. Now I'm going to tell you something in the first century in the early church, they dealt with martyrdom. They dealt with death for their faith. Now, here in America, there is no Christians who have come to the point of death or physical harm for their faith. Now, we complain about a lot of things. We see socialism and communism on the rise. We see the freedoms we once knew being destroyed. We see our economy being destroyed. Everything we once loved and knew the living of life and freedom being taken away from us, fascinations forced on us, mass mandates forced on us, people losing jobs unless they comply to the government wishes. But we have not seen Christians or Christianity persecuted unto death. But in the first century, folks, they did. Because they were under a Roman government and the Roman government had made a deal, a compact deal with the Jews, that the Jews could practice Judaism, their ancient religion of Yahweh worship. And they were not required to sacrifice to Caesar as a god, but they were allowed, and they must, give an offering and praying for Caesar On a yearly basis at least. But other nations weren't so lucky. They were subjected under the Roman rule. And when the Caesar worship became a cult. They were worshipped as gods. As deity. That's why they put their pictures on their coins. That's why Jesus says. Whose image is on this. Denarius. They were gods. And when Christianity came. It came out of Judaism. And it was not part of Judaism because mainstream Judaism rejected Christianity, rejected a Messiah, rejected God's provision for salvation. They kept their Yahweh worship, but they didn't want Yahweh's Messiah thinking they can still approach Yahweh without Messiah. And because they came out of Judaism Rome didn't recognize the early Christians as being Jewish. Therefore, when early Christians refused to worship and bow down to the deity of the Caesar, they were not only persecuted, they were executed. And they were executed harshly. Thrown into lion's dens, burned as candles in Nero's garden. They were sawed in half, heads cut off, tortured, mutilated, all properties confiscated, thrown in prisons, left to die, starved to death, you name it. That's what they went through. And that's why one of the reasons why you know the resurrected Christ was real. And those men and women who observed the resurrected Christ from the dead could go through such harsh trials in their lives and tribulations and survive it because they knew they knew without a shadow of a doubt what was true. So 2000 years later, I wake up in the morning I read the headlines and I feel oppressed. I feel oppressed, but no one's knocking down my door to kill me. And no one's stopping me from doing this show. Called why is this verse awesome or what makes this verse awesome? But I'm going to tell you something that they knew in the first century, the early church, the biblical church. And when I say the word church, I mean those who were called out and assembled together under Messiah. I am not talking about a building or an organization or a business model that we have today. These are two different things. Totally, totally unrelated. The real church and the Bible was not a building or an organization, nor was it a business model. It was a group of believers in Messiah that had their salvation, their eternal life and Messiah in common. They were called, called out. They were called out of the world. They were called by God for his purpose. They were called that's what separated them from the world that is the real church and in the first century that real church was being persecuted to death for their love of god you are not and i am not but they understood they understood something and they knew something they knew this here's what they knew in romans 8:28 they knew That all things, all things, whether it be death, persecution, the taking of their property, the killing of their loved ones, being thrown to the lions, being burned at the stake. They knew that all things worked to good to them that love. God. In verse 28, this is what it reads. It says, and we know. Paul wrote, and we know. It wasn't like we guess, we think, we heard about, we surmise. It says, we know. The early church knew that all things, all things, everything that happens in your life, Good and bad to you, even though you're going to that trial, that oppression, and it seems horrible to you, it's a thing that works together. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. They knew this. We often do not know it. We think if we're going through something bad and trials and testing in our life is hitting us, that it's no good for us. But the first century church understood that this Yahweh, this deity who provided salvation through Messiah, through the goodness and gracious and merciful Messiah, through the act of of him paying the price for God's wrath against us, they understood that that goodness would translate to all their lives, even down here in this probationary period.
1: Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bit, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield.
0: Now, here's what's interesting. I'm going to read a little bit out of a commentary, Jameson Fawcett and Brown. And he's, they say that the, the no is, is the order in the original Greek language. Is this? Here's the correct order in the original language. We know that to them that love God, all things work together for good. Sink, sink, sink. We know that to them that love God, all things. How about do all things work together for everybody? Do all things work together for God haters, God deniers, non-God worshippers? No. Only to them who love God. If you love God, all things work together for good. If you don't love God, they don't work together for your good. It's conditional. We know that to them that love God, all things work together for good. Even to them who are called according to God's eternal purpose. What's God's eternal purpose? salvation through Messiah God became flesh to take on the wrath so that we could be reconciled to our creator that's his eternal purpose if you're called to that eternal purpose how are you called to that eternal purpose by faithing by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ if you listen to my last show The gospel, you will know what I'm talking about. Hopefully you do. All things work together, even to them who are called or the called according to his eternal purpose. It's This is glorious assurance. The first century church understood this. Paul says, and we know that all things work together. It's not a guess. They, they knew these things. Paul was one of them that was persecuting the Christians before he met the Messiah on the Damascus Road. He was one of one. He stood there while they murdered Stephen and threw stones on him till he died. He, he drug Christians out of their houses, threw them into prison, confiscated their property. He murdered them. He understood that we know all things work together for good to them that love God, that are called according to God's eternal purpose. And it seems. Really, it was a household word It was a known thing among believers. This working of all things for good is done quite naturally to them that love God. They knew that because such souls persuaded that he, our God who gave his only son for them, cannot mean them well in all his procedure, right? Cannot, but mean them well in all his procedure, A God who gives his only son, a God who becomes flesh to take on the wrath of our sin cannot but mean well in all procedures. So these people and we too must learn to take in good part whatever God sends our way. No matter how awful it is to our flesh and to our blood. Every morning I read the news and I rant and I go, God, how long are you going to continue? Because I forget that all things work together for my good because I am called by God according to his eternal purpose. I am a believer in Messiah. I belong to the true church. The church, the true church of Jesus Christ. I do not belong to a building or an organization or a business model. I belong to Jesus Christ. I have one shepherd, I have one pastor. His name is Yeshua Hamashiach. And because of that all things work together for my good, whether I see it that way or not, it does. All things do in the same way work together for my good. Because he has his way in the whirlwind. And you can see his chariot paid with love. It's an eternal purpose of love in which we've all been called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Look at First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You were called into God's fellowship. Folks, this is a temporary probationary period. We go through our testing, we go through our trials, we we get molded, we get broke, we get reshaped. We don't understand it. It's hard, it's difficult, and sometimes, and I have been there and many of you have too, where there's nowhere else to go but to break. There's no hope. There's There's no way out. And yet somehow God provides that way out because he does love you because he called you and you are called according to his eternal purpose. It cannot be that he God of whom and through whom and to whom are all things should suffer that purpose to be thwarted by anything really adverse to you or that he should not make all things, things dark as well as light crooked as well as straight to cooperate to the furtherance and final completion of his high design and i want to leave you with that that as you look around you in this world and you see it falling apart it is and will continue to fall apart at a exponential rate The economy is collapsing. Your housing market is collapsing. Your society is collapsing. Your universities are collapsing. Your banking system and your religious systems and your political systems are collapsed. And we're heading into utter dark waters of destruction, hopelessness, despair, A Luciferian, satanic, communistic spirit of oppression shall be upon these people of America. That is a promise. I am not guessing or speculating it's happening. And without the assurance that we know that all things work together for our good, To those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. That's his eternal purpose. That's the only assurance we have. That's it. That's it. He doesn't promise you a rose garden. He doesn't promise you easy. He doesn't promise you. You're going to just escape everything fine, unscathed. It's not promised. What is promised is that it will work together for your good. Because you love God and you've been called. Amen. That's why that scripture is so awesome. It's so needed Right, right, right now. Good night. We'll talk to you later. And that concludes this episode of why this verse is awesome. If you have a favorite verse that you know is awesome for your life, please email me, paul at com. Give me a description and I'll read it on the show. You may also email me a short audio file if you wish. Thank you, and until next time, God bless.